0: Today, as we read from the uh, book of 1 Corinthians, we know that the uh, book of 1 Corinthians uh, gives us some uh, unique insight into the life of the church. It helps us understand some problems in the life of the church. It helps us to understand functioning in order and sequence. And it helps us uh, to understand some issues that have become stumbling blocks for people over the years, for, literally for centuries, uh, stumbling blocks that were taking place. But you know as we read, the book of 1 Corinthians, that uh, we're reading a a unique tool, a unique uh, gift to us in Scripture. Uh, We're we're reading the Apostle Paul's answers to a group of questions, and the only problem is we have all the answers, but we don't have any of the questions. So we have to read it with a a particular frame of mind. We have to read it from uh, a unique perspective. We have a couple of things that we need to do as we read the book of 1 Corinthians. We have to first understand that the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church, out of love for the church. He loves the church, and he wants the, wants the church to to flourish. And so there are places where he offers encouragement, but lots of places where he offers correction, correction that comes to us out of a gift of love. And then we also know that we have to read it uh, kind of carefully because we have to read for those turning points where he shifts from one answer to one question to the next answer for the next question, and he moves on, and here in chapter 11... He's answering a question about the nature of the Lord's Supper. And so a question has been asked of Paul, and and he's responding to that question. We don't know exactly what the question is, but I'm guessing it went something like this. Houston, we have a problem. Every time we serve the Lord's Supper, it gets messed up. Every time we serve the sacrament, some people come and they eat everything. Others drink everything. And those who are in the back of the line don't get anything what shall we do and the apostle paul offers his insight a very critical insight he said in this matter i don't have any way to commend you on this because you have been uh, you have been allowing your own greed to overwhelm the process you have been missing out on the sacredness of the moment for the sake of meeting your own needs and satisfying your own desires. You've been thinking that coming to the table was all about being physically filled or having your thirst physically quenched, when really it's not about that at all. It's really about remembering. And so he goes through the process of recalling the words that he heard from Jesus and reminding us about the process that we should remember. Remember? that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples to eat, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. So that process involves a a sequence of remembering. So every time we come to the table, we know that we are called to remember and we remember the goodness of God. But it also is punctuated by the Apostle Paul with another instruction. The instruction is not just to remember, instruction is to recall that we have a proclamation to offer, that whenever we eat or drink, we also proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I remember the very first time that uh, I heard somebody thinking about this, uh, this uh, experience of proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. A couple of times in this last week, it's kind of interesting how things come together in certain moments, but a couple of folks have mentioned the Icthus Music Festival to me over the last uh, few, uh, few days. So it was at the Ichthus Music Festival, a group of maybe, a, maybe about 15,000 uh, young people all gathered together here in the community out on the edge of town at the, at the campground at the time. And somebody was talking about uh, sharing the Lord's Supper, and I was pretty new to the faith and didn't really understand exactly all the dynamics there, but I knew that there were some logistical elements to the so- sharing of the sacrament, and I knew that it was going to be difficult to share the sacrament with 15,000 people. So I thought, how in the world are they going to be able to do that? And sure enough, almost in a moment, the elements were distributed. The sun broke through. The sun always has to break through at Ichthus. It's just a requirement because it seldom does. The sun broke through, and people ate and drank. And the preacher at the front on the platform said, and now your task now that you have remembered, now that you have received, your task is to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it's not just about remembering, it's about, it's about the proclamation. And So when we think about what it happens to us in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, when we think about the, the, the grace of God and all the theological components and all the biblical ingredients that come together in that, all of it makes for a sacred meal. And we're going to partake of that sacred meal, and we're going to receive from God. We're going to receive the gift of grace. But when we receive the gift of grace, it's not just that we might be recipients, not just so that we can remember what God has done for us. It's also so we can proclaim. So we will receive, and we'll be blessed. But what will we proclaim? What will be our, what will be our proclamation that will come out of this experience that we will share together today? What will we proclaim? How will we proclaim the lord 's death until he comes some folks will say, "Well, I will proclaim my faith by the way I do business with others, the way I treat them in the marketplace and the way I encounter people in in relationship and some people will say well i will uh, i 'll proclaim my faith by by my attitude, by the way I approach life, and i 'll have a smile on my face all the time, and others will say well it'll be by my My behavior, my behavior will demonstrate for me. And all those ingredients are ways that we proclaim the Lord, for sure, in attitude and behavior and the kind of relationships that we share. But in this situation, the Apostle Paul is not talking about attitudes or behaviors. He's talking about language. He's talking about words. He's talking about a proclamation that we would share. What would be the words that we would speak into the lives of others that we might be a blessing to them? what would be the words that God would give us because we have come to his table, because we have remembered what God has done for us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? And what then would we offer as a proclamation to share with the world? Don't let the world convince you that no one wants to hear your words. Don't let the world convince you that your words are inappropriate, don't let the world convince you that the remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done in your life is something that you should keep to yourself and privatize and share only in acts of worship or in safe situations. Don't let the world convince you that your words don't matter. You know what happens to us when we share a meal with friends. You know, we have, a, we have special guests over, family members, we have a special meal. Maybe we go to a, a, a special place. We like to talk about it. We, we like to tell people about it. We tell people about what was on the on the menu, what the fellowship was like, what the conversation was like. I have a friend uh, who loves to post Facebook pictures of food. Do you do that? You do that? You know, it's kind of his way of saying this was the fellowship of this particular moment, and this was the blessing that was received. The only problem is that most of the pictures that he posts are not much of a blessing. When you think about healthy eating, it's not a blessing at all. Yeah. <laughs> Most of it is piled really high and deep, and oh man, please don't show me that even. I don't want to see it. But we love to share those kind of fellowship moments. We love to proclaim them, we love to tell other people about them. What will be our proclamation as we come to the family table of Christ? What will be our proclamation as we eat this meal and remember what God has done for us? Because it's our gift to be able to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And we do that because we remember the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We do that because on the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it. He said, this is my body. A pretty intimate situation. This is my body, broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after supper and said, This is the cup of the new covenant. My life that's been poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins, literally for life everlasting. Drink this in remembrance of me. But it doesn't stop with the remembrance, it moves from remembrance to proclamation. It moves from our life to the lives of other people. It moves from who we are in Christ to our testimony on behalf of Christ. We're going to be blessed in just a moment. But what will be our proclamation?